That's got to be the best pirate I've ever seen. So it would seem. Arr, broker lift. <laughs> the Halloween edition. <laughs> the Halloween. Exactly. Okay, let's go. Give me a five, four, three, two, Wayne's World. Five, four, three. Good. Okay. okay. Good. Welcome back. Wing It Podcast, GooseDigital.com. Episode 700, Alex? Yeah. 700. 700. Who do we wow. have? Chris O'Neill. Robin Kroll. Thomas Accardo. Michael Turksani. Okay, Thomas. Welcome. Thank you. This is a, a widely viewed podcast. You know, we're well into the several hundred thousand subscribers at this point and millions of views a month. So this is going to do some broker lifts. This is going to do some lift to broker lift. <laughs> Love okay. it. <laughs> That's for sure. No, but thank you for coming. Um, and this is the second time you've you've been uh, kind enough to come visit us here in uh, in our national headquarters. Big national headquarters. I thought this is our international headquarters. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Galactic headquarters <laughs> here in Goose Digital. Um, hey, we just want to talk shop. Everybody's been so busy and, um, you know, traveling around this time of year. IBAO, InsureTech Connect, Applied, and the events that you've been attending. Yeah. Is it, is it, uh, what was the acronym? Come another, give me another acronym. What was the show? Uh, I was down at the Agency Council for Technology, the ACT. The uh, ACT event. Meeting, which is one of the subsets of the Big Eye in the U.S., which is their big sort of, their version of the IBAO federally in the U.S. Okay. So busy time. So we figured, you know, everybody's sort of getting their gears together for 2020 planning. So we got a lot of digital quote unquote going on. Um, so why don't we, uh, why don't we get right into it? Talk maybe a little bit, if you could give us some background, Thomas, so, you know, how did, how did you get to where you are at BrokerLift and what have you seen over the last few years? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, BrokerLift is a, uh, we're an e-commerce platform that focuses on helping brokers and agents digitize products so they can quote, find an issue online. And so really our kind of focus is supporting the broker channel to optimize that transactional, what we would deem mm -hmm. transactional insurance, low premium, uh, high volume, uh, you know, low, typically low profit if done manually. And so we're sort of out there kind of helping, helping that agent channel and broker channel sort of digitize those processes and, and get that stuff online to truly be that omni-channel mm -hmm. service, servicing, uh, advisor to the clients. And so my background sort of, you know, prior to starting, starting BrokerLift is, is unique. It's sort of the management consulting and advertising space. So I do come at it from a customer communication, digital, giant e-commerce kind of website sort of mm -hmm. background. So I'm trying to bring a lot of that into the insurance sector and, and sort of help with that adopting digital and adopting different ways to communicate and sell to, to clients. In, in at least your second breath, you said customer, which I feel like is kind of a kind of a big thing in this industry, like customer communications and, and actually hearing that so, so early on in the conversation today, um, you know, we, 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 that's sort of like the epiphany moment whenever we're talking to prospects or just people in the space. It's like, oh yeah, there's a customer here. Forgot about that. <laughs> or we're doing oh, yeah, what are we doing that? We're, we're actually doing this for the customer. I forgot about that. No, that's really great. Well, it was a big part of the, one of the part, I was on a, a panel in the US last week and actually that the notion of customer kind of came up and, and what we're talking about is, if nothing else with this, you know, four or five year kind of insure tech and everyone talking mm -hmm. about insure tech and disruptors and enablers and all this sort of different thing, the one constant behind insure tech is bringing insurance closer to the customer. Right. It's focusing that entire industry around the customer, which it traditionally hasn't 
um, right. or certain channels of it has, but most of it hasn't. And we kind of picked apart on the on the panel. You know, if you think about the lemonades and disrupt and hippos and, and those guys, yeah, they're absolutely they're building B two C brands that are super customer customer savvy and they're you know copying from Amazon and the like. Yeah. But even if you look at data providers that are providing new data services and you know drone flyovers and roof analysis, mm-hmm. all that stuff's going to the carriers to make the customers' experience buying the insurance easier, faster, more efficient, better priced. So InsureTech really isn't about disrupting the industry, but bringing this giant customer centric focus to a very old and established agency, which I mean, I guess you could argue in some ways the customer focus, maybe not, not so much in the, in, in the specialty lines or the smaller products probably came through the broker having those conversations, walking down the street and building a relationship with direct with the client. Now what we're using technology to do is really augment that that physical or that human relationship into something that makes sense from a an online perspective correct yeah absolutely i mean that's and that's part of probably the one of the most fun things we do is working with the broker channel because they are boots on the ground to your point they're in the neighborhoods they're walking the streets they're at the hockey games right they're talking daily with their customers and they're seeing unique risks and unique potential solutions Mm -hmm. that they want to get out to market. They want to bring, they want to be first and they're looking for their carrier partners and their technology partners to help them quickly experiment and bring new products to market and try to get new types of customers or expand geographically. How do they do that? And I think that's really kind of the most fascinating part of what's going on in this kind of transformation. So, you know, I think you used the term earlier, um, at another meeting, kind of like the Shopify, of, in, of, of, of insurance carts or whatever you do you want to expand on that a little bit and then we'll kind of go around the table on some of these topics. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that, that I've seen in other industries sort of that are affected by the internet and, and I can certainly see it in insurance too, is moving from kind of a product centric approach to a solution centric approach. Mm-hmm. And so it isn't just about getting more car insurance or getting more, you know, general liability insurance or whatever it is kind of out there. As, as our world changes and our risks change, like now all of a sudden I have a personal cyber risk, like, and what the hell is that as an individual? But I absolutely have it. Every time I log into my online banking, I use my phone. I, you know, I drop my credit card somewhere. Like these are all, this isn't just someone going to steal my credit card and do something. They could actually buy a house in Costa Rica in my name. Right. Right. Like these are big problems that have huge costs to me as an individual. Mm -hmm. And how does the, you know, how does the channel sort of, um, adapt to that? You know, the, one of the other examples, you know, that I love is, you know, when you want to try to get more photographers on in your books, and maybe that's a really interesting commercial line for you, we'll start with selling drone insurance first, because that's the solution they're looking to solve. They've got a drone, they're doing weddings, they're flying right. over golf courses, and that's a need they have. And as an agent or broker, how do you service that need? And that's your sort of lead in, that's your loss leader, if you would, from a marketing perspective, and then cross sell all these other types of products. And it also sort of allows, you know, pick technologies that allow you as the broker to be that trusted advisor where you're not necessarily hooked into one particular product or one particular carrier, Right. be able to bring in the best of breed. Here's the best cyber coverage. This is the best GL. This is the best sort of errors and emissions. And I'm going to assemble all those things. They can come from any carrier. I'm going to bring the best of breed to my clients and, yeah. and service that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a pretty big, uh, technology proposition given where the market is today, but you're certainly cracking that and being on the forefront of cracking that nut. Um, why don't we talk a little bit about kind of 
before we get into sort of our top three recos, I just this is going to be kind of a curveball because I just thought about it as as, as Thomas Uh-oh. was talking. Uh oh, yeah, shocking. <laughs> um, it is called Wing It. Yeah, all right, all right, we're ready. <laughs> yeah, um, but you know what are what are the challenges that you're seeing with? Let's just use the broker channel and let's let's focus maybe on Canada just for now, just because I think a lot of the audience is probably you know Canadian at this stage, and I'm sure you see wild differences. That's probably a whole another podcast in itself between us and the U.S. But you know what are the challenges you're seeing? Uh, adopting these, ins- if you want to call them insure tech strategies at the broker channel. Yeah. I think one is just the motivation to do it mm-hmm. and the, and the plan to commit to it. Um, I think that's certainly consistent in both sides of the border, um, is sort of figuring out what are the problems you're trying to solve and how does technology solve those problems? The technology itself isn't a strategy. It's not a, mm-hmm. it's not going to do anything unless it's linked to, a commitment to a business goal, to a problem you're trying to solve. Am I trying to build my business organically and get new leads? Am I trying to stem churn? Am I trying to, you know, increase my customer satisfaction? Like mm-hmm. what are the, what are the business drivers you're trying to change with technology? Yeah. Um, and then committing to that, that sort of plan. I think the other big barrier for a more, you know, what I would call sort of traditional brokerage. And this kind of comes up a lot is the idea of service versus technology. So mm. I hear frequently from, you know, from brokers, um, well, you know, you don't understand we're a, you know, we're a services based mm-hmm. company. We're advisors. Sure. Uh, relationship is what matters to me. So we can't do digital. And it's, it's sort of one of these things that, you know, my rebuttal is sort of, well, you can do all those things with that communication channel. Like yes. it didn't prevent you from adopting a fax machine or a telephone, right? Like you can have relationships, you can be an advisor, you can be service oriented. I, I had a really, yeah, we had a really good example in that area just to, to sort of highlight that, uh, that, uh, what you're, where you're going with it is they, we had this one on a broker side, the example was, but I saw a press release from one of my customers. This was more of a commercial play. And I actually reached out to my customer and said, Oh, I saw you, you raised money or merged or whatever the press release was. And, you know, that's great. You know, if you need any support or maybe we should book a meeting and just to discuss how this could affect your insurance. And, you know, a computer, he said, a computer is never going to do that. Never going to automate that. And I said, no, you're right. But what we can do is put your face in front of your customer a few times a year, probably more than you can manually for all the basic stuff that you may want to reach out and say, Hey, if you have a question, Mike, um, just let us know. Otherwise, hope you're doing well. That is an email that can go out. And then it fo- it, 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 get, it frees you up to do that hunting and pecking role to actually find those more valuable little anecdotal stories that are really going to kind of be the icing on the cake. Yeah, I think the, you know, I think a lot of brokers will feel that digital is cold, that it isn't mm-hmm. human, that if someone comes to my website and buys insurance, they haven't had, I haven't had a chance to connect with them as a human kind of thing. Sure. Um, but I would argue the, the opposite is potentially more true. You enable that person to buy that insurance Sunday morning when they needed it. Mm-hmm. And then when you call them on Monday to thank them for purchasing the insurance and you review their coverage with them, that's 100% advisory. So right. it's kind of in, in that scenario, it's, it's win-win. Yeah. The opposite of that is the customer gets a quote on your website, fills out a form on your website on Sunday when they needed it. They have to wait till nine o'clock on Monday to call you. Right. Uh, they have to, you know, weed through the <laughs> IVR to get at you. Then you sit on the phone with them for 15 minutes while you type in a form as they're telling you answers to questions. Yeah. 
to then, you know, then chase them for a check to then like how that's not a very human experience. Sure, <laughs> like that's yeah. not what I want, Yeah, you know, versus letting me do what I want when I want to do it. And then calling me and advising me on what I did and maybe even making a correction. Say, well, now based on what we've talked, you actually didn't buy enough coverage for one particular thing. Let me just add that to your policy. Well, I think, Robin, you'd brought up a point at IBAO where I can't remember who we were talking to, if it was one of the markets or a broker. And the, the conversation was, I don't know if they had the epiphany or you brought this up where they said, you know, actually shopping your own brokerage is kind yeah. of like, it's sort of that undercover boss thing, but going, Absolutely. what you just said, going through end to end to say, well, no, no, we're relationship oriented. And then going through end to end being like, mm, I don't know, that, 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 that didn't so feel so relationshipy. Yeah, no, I was thinking uh, based on your, your comments on a, cu- a couple of things. I mean, first of all, I think it's, there's a perception of this is, you know, this, this is who my customer is and this is what they want without really understanding what is it that they actually want. You know, what's what's the level of service and what actually really drives value? And, you know, one of the ways of getting it absolutely is to shop your own service and going through that same experience and realizing, oh my God, this is so much of a better experience. Of course, as a customer, this is what I want. And saying, oh, okay, well, that's a mix of digital and personal. So sort of kind of shifting it and testing it on your own. Um, and, and, you know, just thinking one of the points in, in the blog that I wrote about IBAO is, you know, last year, so many people say, oh, well, this is not, my customers are not like that. These are, these are very high touch. These are very VIP, high, you know, high net worth individuals. Digital is not going to work for them. To this year, having more people saying, well, maybe not the full digital, but I can see how it can actually help regardless of who my customers is. And that's that realization that you're not talking for every single product, digital end to end, that could be very you know, cold and procedural. You're talking about things that are efficiencies that allow the broker to get involved where they do add the value. The value is not sitting there typing in some basic information. The value is coming up with that solution saying, well, it's actually not just this one product, but this is this is what your challenge is. And these, this is how we can help you solve that problem. And it could be a mix of, of products. It could be advisory. And I think that's what brokers probably would rather be doing than sitting there typing typing in in your address and and trying to figure out how far away you live from a fire fire hydrant, right? Yeah, I think the, I mean, the other thing, you know, figuring out how to use technology to build relationships and and enhance relationships is absolutely a big, a big topic. You know, the, the other kind of piece of that is, is you do hear two different things frequently. So on one hand, you'll, you'll be talking to a broker that's, that's trying to grow organically and sell more business and they, you know, they want to grow and. And then two seconds later, they'll sort of say how, well, I don't want to sell that product. We don't make any money. Oh, I just send those over to this other guy because he just handles it for me. And I, I always kind of, that was what drove us to build BrokerLift. We basically kind of went into BrokerLift with the premise that as a brokerage, if you're trying to grow, grow organically, any customer is a good customer. Mm-hmm. Sell them whatever they will buy, even if it is $22 in premium. You can't just be hunting for the perfect customer in Oakville with a house and two cars and a a little boat, right? Right, right, Everybody wants that customer. And the irony is that person isn't shopping for insurance, you know, but if it's a special event or a golf tournament or a high-end bicycle or a renter, I mean, a renter becomes a homeowner. That's Mm -hmm. kind of what happens. Exactly. A small business becomes a medium business, becomes a large business. That's sort of what happens. So I find, 
you know, brokerages who are saying, I want to grow on one side, but ignoring those small customers who will become big customers later is a bit of a, is a bit of a problem. And I'm not, I'm empathetic to the fact that it's not profitable. It's expensive to deal with. And that's really what we're trying to help with. Like we're trying to bring the technology in place to say, as a brokerage, you don't have to turn away any customer because you're worried about profitability. You put them in the right channel. The right channel might be a phone call. The right channel could be an on-site visit for a small or a large commercial account, mm-hmm. or the right channel might be my own website. So, you know, we can't service that particular coverage over the phone, but we've got this great website. You can go on there, select it, pay with your credit card. You'll get your policy in two seconds. Yeah. Can we talk about um, the different types of, uh, you know, we've, we've talked about how there's a reluctance. And one of the things that's certainly true about the brokerage business is that they're basically dominated by salespeople, salespeople mm-hmm. who have mastered that one-on-one kind of, you know, and that's what served them to this point. Mm-hmm. So now that you sort of bring this other area of that they're not really familiar with, so they come up with these reasons and these these sort of excuses why it is that that won't work for us. Even though, yes, we appreciate that it works for other brokerages who deal with pretty much the same kind of customers that we deal with, but it won't work for us. The ones that have tried some things, and I'd mm. like, Thomas, you to talk to this, customers that have tried some different things tend to be open to trying a few other things. And they for me anyways, they seem like they are the ones that are seemingly um, more likely to continue on that path, whereas those that have basically shut the door on it are are not. So I think that there's kind of a sweet spot. And Thomas, have you sort of uh, over the course of the last four years, your discussions with various brokers and carriers and Mm. so forth, have you found like any kind of um, correlation between what they've tried and and sort of successful uh, digital adopters? Yeah, it's a great question because I would sort of, I would say you got to start with trying, right? There's still Mm -hmm. so many businesses out there, both carriers and, and brokers who are are really, I mean, we're, we work in an industry that is risk adverse by nature. That's what this thing does, right? It, yep. it, it transfers risk. It doesn't start risk mm-hmm. or adopt risk or look for risk mm-hmm. and innovation by nature is super, super risky. You are doing things with unknown or uncertain outcomes. It could work, but it could equally potentially even more, more so than likely, yeah. more than likely mm-hmm. not work. Mm-hmm. And so the brokers that you know, that we find that are starting to excel in digital have an appetite for failure. They understand Mm. failure. They have figured out um, how to learn from failure. They've figured out how to sort of put guardrails up around their experiments. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll always, you know, always sort of point out the, which bit of a generational gap these days, but, you know, Coke is still around after the 80s when they tried new Coke. Mm -hmm. It, they came back. Right. Like, right. so if Coke didn't fail by completely changing their recipe, mm-hmm. you as a broker won't fail by trying email marketing. It's not <laughs> going to destroy your business. Right. Right. So I think, so these are the types of things that, and we work with brokers constantly every day, trying new, trying new segments, trying new markets, trying new products. Some don't work. Some do work. Some work not as well as we thought. Some worked better than we thought. Yeah. And I think that helping and thinking through within your business how do I put up those guardrails to contain an experiment? How do I identify an experiment that's worth doing? Mm-hmm. If it succeeds, is it what I'm looking for to drive my business forward? And if it doesn't succeed, am I going to learn something from it? 
Right. And I think some of those are the really key points for brokers who are adopting technology or even trying to do things differently, yeah. um, really need to think through. And I would say that's the same for carriers. Carriers have to think the same way. Um, you know, just doing it the same way over and over again and expecting a different result. You know, mm-hmm. we all kind of know that yeah. saying, right? Yeah. So, you know, really, how do I experiment? What's worth experimenting? Um, and how do I put guardrails around those things? So I'm not kind of, so, I mean, that's you know, really good. I, yeah, I mean, I think, you, I think you're, what you're talking about is that some of the clients that you speak with, I mean, you're, you're, you're talking to hundreds, right. Yeah. In a, in a year easily. Um, and that's just identifiable companies, not in terms of the number of calls that you might have, but where some of them have already sort of dipped a bunch of toes and they're, they've kind of, we call them digital beginners. Like they've got a bunch of stuff everywhere. And those ones tend to be the ones that are more likely to take a strategic approach, sort of step back. But then there's, there's definitely a group. And I would say some of the carriers, MGAs, and even some of the, um, you know, brokers are in this mode where they're, well, you know, yeah, we have a website, but like, we're not really there to be able to move on these things yet like they're still very very conservative on on i would say it's less so like like that that's changing it it is changing to the point where i don't know how you feel about it thomas when 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 somebody is like convince me that i should be doing anything digital i'm like well i think one of the last podcasts we had was that like the internet didn't work for me yeah and it was like what like, what do you mean the internet didn't I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I know right now I can't help you. Like, it's, yeah. uh, like I hate to say that, but I mean, but it's a real issue. And I think, you know, not just in this industry, we've got other late adopter industries that we work with that I would say that's kind of a vein for Goose Digital is really, you know, we do have this tech industry that hammers us and is very, very far ahead of the curve. But a lot of our other manufacturing, other finance and insurance are, are clearly in that same vein where moving into this isn't isn't straightforward they have rolled the dice on people they've tried to put a bunch of stuff in place so they've but i think the approach that you're that you're recommending which is along the same lines of our roadmap where contain think put the guardrails up think about it as an experiment don't look for silver bullets bite-sized chunks of, of things that you can wrap a strategy around and then go do it and then come back and look and see and report is is how is how you're going to, as a team, as a board of principals, going to look back and say, you know, digital didn't add a ton to our business last year, but it added something, and now we can start to see the, the light at the end of the tunnel. And it makes it easier to get started, right? Instead of saying, you know, I got to, what's the expression, eat the whole elephant yeah. or swallow the whole elephant, that you're not. That that's, that's not what you're doing at all. What you're doing is you're laying out a strategy where there are defined steps to, um, you know, based on specific goals to go ahead and test, measure, learn, and not to repeat until you've actually figured out what have I learned so that you can roll that into the next thing. So that you're not in, in you know, that, that conversation about risk, you're right, this is, an, this is an industry that knows about risk, but you're taking... Uh, you're taking calculated and defined mm-hmm. risks mm-hmm. at every time and that every time you're doing something you're moving forward but if this is something that's foreign to you so if digital is really foreign to uh, a broker or an MGA how do you even get started and so to have that framework that's how you get started and it, it just makes it more more approachable and that's the con- conversation that we you know we have uh, with our prospects and with our clients. Yeah, most of the most of the brokerages we work with that are succeeding on implementing technology, whether it's ours or even you know uh, other other platforms, 
uh, are all, I would say almost all of them are aligned to a strategic plan. Mm-hmm. So they're not sort of shooting from the hip with, oh, I'm going to try this today. I'm going to try that today. I'm going to plug this thing and I'm going to unplug this thing. I'm going to yeah. do nothing for two months and I'm going to do a whole bunch of stuff for three more months. But there's Those lots are, of, there's, a, there's certainly probably a lot that, that buy the tech, maybe not yours, but others that sit on it that don't, like you said, you, you kind of classify that the ones that are having a lot of success are the ones that are pointing back to a strategy. Right. Yep. And, but I mean, how many times we get in saying, oh yeah, we, we bought, we bought that XYZ chat bot or that XYZ email platform. And, but I don't think anybody's using it and it's been six months and it's like, wow, you know? Um, so let's, let's shift gears a bit. Let's, let's talk. So I think that's great. Let's talk a little bit about 2020 and, um, uh, all of this, this, this market has just, you know, really accelerated this insure tech thing over the last four years. So I think there's been a lot of lessons. I think we're now in a spot where we can inform a great place to start over the, over the next year. So if you're a broker, let's just, let's just stick to the digital beginners. Cause let's not try to convince people to move into this. Let's say you're already dabbling, you're dabbling all over, but maybe you don't feel like you're getting the most out of digital yet. What are some things that, you know, we can, what advice that we can provide, um, to these guys in 2020. Yeah, I mean, I, back to what we were just talking about. I think the plan that would okay. certainly be that is always the the first thing. Mm-hmm. What's the plan? What are you trying to achieve? What are the problems you're trying to solve for? Um, what's the focus for the business for 2020? Right? Like right. it's it really like shouldn't yeah. be it shouldn't your digital be should hang of off of a level of a business strategy. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, there's you know, I spent a lot of time in sort of digital advertising ten years ago when it was a separate sort of thing, and then mm-hmm. the the industry kind of went through a bit of a transition where, you know, the saying was, "It isn't a digital strategy; it's just strategy." Yeah, it, like right. you can you don't have a phone strategy, you know, you don't have a front door strategy, <laughs> right. so you don't need a digital strategy. It's just a business strategy, yeah. and you use different tools and techniques to get your message out, grow your business, things like that. And I think as a broker, sort of recognizing what are you trying to do? What, and what, how have you documented it? Am I trying to grow? So, okay. How many new customers are you trying to get? Are you trying to grow organically or through acquisition? That'll drive a different technical, technical roadmap. If you're trying to grow through acquisition, it's going to be about amalgamating systems and finding efficiencies and process analysis, mm-hmm. not necessarily about onesie, twosies and organic growth. Yes. So I think it's sort of figuring out those things. I'm, I'm focused on organic growth. Um, I'm focused on reducing overhead. Um, I want, you know, I want my team focused on advisory tasks, not transactional tasks. Mm-hmm. How do we move away from key punching and into phone conversations and, and analysis, you know, and, and recommendations on coverage and, and education and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I think those are a lot of the, the types of questions. I think going into 2020, that's your, that's your plan. If I were principal, those are the, some of the things I'd be sort of, you know, kind of leaning back and sort of looking at my whiteboard and trying to figure out what, you know, what's one, two, three that I'm going to write down for 2020 and beyond. And, and how do you feel about the conversation? Cause you'd brought Omni channel up early on in the podcast, you know, how do you feel? What do you say to people when they're like, well, we want to, we want to have that product, but we only want to deal with it online. Like, I think, talk to us a little bit about the Omni channel. What, what should they be thinking about in 2020 as they, as they put some digital or some technology in and not get too hung up on, we don't want to talk to anybody and it's just got to be quote buying service online. We don't, you know? Yeah. I mean the, the one sort of, I did a bunch of work in retail banking years ago and, and that particular bank, um, you know, their sort of theme around this type of type of stuff was right channeling. So mm-hmm. there's a right channel for my customer. There's a right channel for my business. And we got to marry those two things together. I don't want to force a customer to deal with me in a channel they're not comfortable dealing with me in. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's certain activities that I'm, you know, from a profitability perspective, I would prefer 
you deal with me in this particular way, right? So if I have to come in and sign something with a wet signature, then the right channel for that is to get me into the office, to get the customer into the office. That's the best way to, to service them. Um, but if the particular product is time sensitive, it is, there's, there's immediacy to it with your customers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your commercial customer base is on the road. Maybe they're drivers Monday to Friday, nine to five. Then you start thinking about that customer base. You're like, oh, well, that's maybe where digital plugs in because now I can offer those customers the ability to self-serve outside of my business hours. Right. So you're really kind of thinking that's where chat would come in. That's mm-hmm. where the phone comes in. What are all my customer types that I have? What are the types that I want to go get? And what's the right channel for those types of interactions? Interesting. So Alex, how are we doing? We're, we're, we're 60 minutes or what are we? 28. That's pretty good. We got time. Usually we overblow by at least the, no, we're, we're eight minutes over. That's okay. We're trying our best to keep these to 20 minute little, little chunks. But then we just get going and there's just so much to talk about. The industry's about too exciting. I know. It's it so is. exciting. Now we're, it we're is. Insurance. We're insurance. Um, okay. Before we, we, we wrap up though, um, anything else, Chris, you want to throw on the table or we, while we got Thomas here, we got his brain. Yeah. I like those three, uh, the three top things. I want to, uh, Thomas you want, you to want tell to go back story. into that. I want to, I want to tell the story of the, uh, of, uh, the, some the, brass tacks, some, some tactics. Where, where, sure. where were you and, and what was the, what were the top three? Tell the story. Yeah. So there, I was at a, uh, a conference in the U S last week and they were talking about technologies for broker and agent adoption and what, what technologies move the needle the quickest basically mm-hmm. was the question the audience proposed to the, the gentleman speaking. Um, and it came from pure quantitative results. No, not my results. I can't speak to them, but I'm sort of replaying what they said. Cause I thought it was quite interesting. And he highlighted a series of, uh, of where to start kind of technologies to, to provide the biggest return. The first one was, and somewhat not surprising email marketing and email templates. So template driven emailing. So, mm-hmm. Renewal emails, service emails, happy birthday emails, thank you emails, follow-up emails, template-driven, system-driven sort of emails. He said that if he was if he bought an agency or brokerage sort of tomorrow, that's the first thing he would look for. If it's not there, it's the first thing he would implement from a technology perspective. Um, the second one was sort of decision tree-based chat. So taking those kind of what we would consider FAQs and putting them into a chat interface. So it enables quick answers for things like service hours, telephone numbers, things like that. Um, he did provide a caveat and was a little bit hesitant around the AI driven chat as maybe not being as mature as, as agents think. So if you're going to go down that path, just go into it with patience and it's an experiment and, you know, um, counter your expectations about it, but certainly the decision tree or sort of FAQ based chat has a lot of value. Mm-hmm. Um, the third one he was pretty specific about when it came to prospecting and setting up appointments with prospects was using apps like Calendary, where you can you can say to a prospect, schedule some time with me. So as a as a producer, as a as a salesperson, you've you've got your calendar in that system, and your prospect can find when you're available. Um, the main sort of you know quantitative rationale for that was a much much like you know ninety percent plus more likely to attend that meeting if the prospect has book the meeting with you versus you booking it with them where the attendance is is significantly lower. So those are kind of these top three, very simple, all these things are out there. They're all available to brokers. And, you know, uh, these are technologies that aren't, they're not 
super new, sure. um, you know, template driven email marketing is arguably 25 years old. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, some of these things are very, very accessible. They're very easy places to start for brokerages. And, and these guys, you know, had some pretty interesting quantitative proof on it. Moves, what it I does like, move what I like about it is that, you know, you didn't hear the, oh, you know, buy leads from this place or drive a whole right. bunch of top of funnel. Like, I think those are really great kind of, if, if it's not there, that's what I'm doing because I know it's going to unlock value right away. And then we can look at the rest of it. So I, I think that's how they frame that question in terms of, so that's kind of good advice just for, it's for, for anyone that, that might be advice. in that situation where they're like, well, where should I start? Yeah. Um, so there's it, it a lot of value to this podcast, yeah. right? <laughs> I hope so. Things that, listen, that, up. Uh, listen up. Listen up, everybody. Things that anybody yeah. can take away from them and really go ahead and implement, you know, today. Okay. Great. Well, thank you, Thomas. Thanks, thank Thomas. you, guys. Great. Thanks for joining yeah, us. really appreciate it. And um, we look forward to, you know, continuing to drive some business together and, and, you know, helping your customers be successful on the platform and offering the, uh, the solution uh, to our customers as well. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Okay. Cheers. Thanks. Peace. 